This is Pat Soundbites Unplugged. Unplugged. The podcast where all the artists go to tell it as it is. Careers, music, tours, and more. And here's your host, the man that refuses to eat squid, Pat Calamari. Well, hello everyone. Pat Calamari here. Yes, Pat Soundbites Unplugged. And yes, I do not eat squid. In fact, I'm not a fan of seafood at all. But that is my name, Pat Calamari. I'm on every menu appetizer. appetizer. I go good with fried Diablo sauce. But anyway, I don't know what's taking me so long. I should have done this podcast a long time ago. I'm an on-air personality at an independent radio station here in New York. And that gives me the flexibility, the luxury to create my own playlist. Meaning... I'm doing my best to keep new music alive on the radio airwaves. And I mix new great music from independent artists, from national artists, with the great classics. Now, our format is classic rock, but I love blues, I love rock, I love it all. And our first episode that I actually did last week, and he was on his tour bus, why not? Rock legend drummer Mr. Carl Palmer. A founding member of two great rock bands, ELP and Asia. How cool is that? And Carl is just on the last leg of his uh, U.S. tour, doing some dates uh, next week down here in uh, in New York City. And we had a just a super chat about the Royal Affair tour that he did uh, this summer with uh, John Lodge with Asia. Um, just all good stuff. And uh, what he's doing now, you're going to hear about Prod Rock, which he did last week in Philly. You're going to hear about uh, his drum style. You're going to hear about the 50th anniversary of ELP next year. And he even shared with me uh, that he's uh, putting out an autobiography called Fanfare for the Common Man. How cool is that? Just like the song. So... Sit back, tell me what you think, Pat Soundbites. We're going to try to get one out once a week, probably on Friday. But, you know, the more the merrier. I do a lot of interviews, so when I get them, they're going to be popped on so you can hear and enjoy. So sit back. Thanks for, the, thanks for coming and enjoy the ride. WBXO Classic Rock Redefined in conjunction with Pat Soundbites Unplugged Podcast. Such an honor to have on the phone one of the most respected rock drummers in rock history, a founding member of not just one, but two supergroups being ELP and Asia. He's embarking on the final leg of his 2019 world tour. Emerson, Lake, and Palmer lives on. Welcome rock legend, Mr. Carl Palmer. Paul, Carl, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, no, you're more than welcome. It's a pleasure to be with you. How are you? I am I am super excited to be able to chat with you. Carl's tour makes a stop at the Iridium for two shows on November 19th and the 20th, and you can check out all the dates on his website at carlpalmer.com. Carl, I got to see you perform at the Royal Affair Tour at Bethel, New York, up in Woodstock, and such an amazing performance, double duty, and it was so <laughs> great to see Arthur Brown. My goodness. That was great. 
Yeah, we had a great time. It was a great tour. I mean, for, for us, it was just absolutely uh, perfect. You know, it was a great, great collection of artists and music. There was a lot of great music there. Probably about, you know, 20, 30 hits in all, you know, if you count them all up between all of us. So, yeah, that was most exciting. Very exciting. And you were matched up with, uh, and I hope I get his name right, Paul B. Latovich and David Pastoris. Yes, we had Paul. Paul was on guitar as normal. Unfortunately, Simon couldn't be with us for that tour. But we had uh, David Pastoris, the nephew of Jack Pastoris, playing bass. So that was great. Arthur was singing, as you well know. And uh, in Asia, we had the, the new launch of Asia with uh, uh, Ron Fowl on lead guitar and vocals and Billy Sherwood on bass. So that, that was a nice way to present Asia coming back. Um, we had a great time. I mean, next year as well, by the way, you should, you should know that... Uh, it's the 50th anniversary for ELP, and we'll be we'll be putting together some uh, interesting stuff with orchestras and using holograms and and some footage of Keith and Greg playing with us. Um, so it'll be, it'll be quite an exciting year to come, hopefully. Well, I am super excited to hear that, and I got to say, you know, Paul did such a great job. You know, without a keyboardist, and Paul making the great keyboard sounds out of his guitar, and he was doing videos during on the tour. Uh, you know, before the shows or during sound check, and showing the listeners and fans like myself how he was able to reproduce the great sounds of the ELP yeah. music was just tremendous. And as you mentioned, Bumblefoot on Asia, I mean, Ron is known as such a great rock guitarist, and I was yes. just floored by his incredible vocals. How did you recruit him? Well, actually, basically, um, he was involved with another band that uh, my manager was in contact with, and it, it came that way. I, I met uh, Ron oh, a couple of years ago when he was with uh, Sons of Apollo, who he still plays with, on one of those prog rock cruises. Uh, and, you know, we got on very well, and it seemed an obvious choice, really, that we, we could try Ron on vocals. He was comfortable trying singing lead vocals, so um, that was it. And uh, Jeff Downs, wanted to give it a go because Jeff had played with Bumble already in a, a little group they put together some all-star sort of band um, so it's quite a natural progression overall wow great great choice I want to I want to just touch back a little bit on the ELP early days we just celebrated Keith's birthday on Saturday just to yes. learn a little bit more about Keith was Keith more the more or less the leader of ELP given directions or was it equally divided between you Keith and Greg. Well, it was different. I mean, to tell you the truth, it really was, as, as the name says, Emerson, Lake and Palmer. We all had our strong points. I mean, Keith was a great sort of musical sort of director, came up with good ideas musically. But on the other hand, if Greg Lake hadn't have been in the band, we wouldn't have had the songs that we had that opened the door to radio. Right. And then collectively, you know, uh, I, I ended up being a kind of referee type of uh, monitor type of <laughs> And so, I mean, basically, you need a band that's well balanced. And from that point of view, from the playing point of view, uh, we were well balanced to create some great music. And we did. Nobody ever sat on the fence. We always said exactly what it would uh, uh, would be. I mean, because Keith Emerson wrote something, it doesn't mean that we're going to play it and record it if we didn't think it was good enough. You know, and the same if I came in with a piece of music.
music and said, how about this, guys? But they wouldn't just play it, you know, to play Kate May and say, oh, yeah, that's nice, Carl. You know, if it didn't work, it didn't work. It was as simple as that. And I think that's what makes a great group is when you when you own up to those points. And nobody sits on the fence, as we say. Gotcha. And that, that makes a lot of sense, and that clears up a lot there. You know, I got to see you back in the 70s, and I was fascinated by your drums and the rotation and how you were able to do those great drum solos. Did it ever create any problems with that when you when the drums were going around? No, not really. I mean, it was it was automatic um, uh, at first. It had a motor. It was motorized, and it would work that way. But um, that broke down one night, so I decided not <laughs> to use that. And I used manpower to revolve the riser, you know, instead. But um, there was one nasty evening where um, something happened to the tracking that was laid on the floor for the riser to uh, revolve on. Something dropped onto the tracking, and the wheel could go over this piece of metal which I think was a nut so I ended up sort of being stuck facing the other way from the audience they had to, they had to roll me back so I was face on again and that was it but uh, that never happened again it never happened once you know? that, that's too funny you know drums as you know one of the most physically demanding of all the musical instruments and by performing you're using all these muscle body muscle groups delivering that power to speed the endurance to coordination over long periods of time. Carl, what measures do you take to prevent injuries to, say, your arms, legs, back and neck? I'm sure you work out constantly. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously I do work out. I do do certain things, you know. I mean, I, believe it or not, I skip a lot when I'm on the road. Uh, I've got a skipping rope, but I skip in my room, and I really enjoy getting that cardiovascular thing happening very quickly, as you do when you're skipping. But, I mean, as far as the drums are concerned, it's all about having them set up ergonomically correct. You don't want to sit too low, you don't want to sit too high, you don't want the drums too high or the cymbals, you don't want to be reaching, you don't want to have to stretch to either side too much. So it's a case of working it out so it's as comfortable and easy. Um, the minute you start putting things in the wrong place, you might not notice uh, the pain or the problems straight away, but over a period of years, things do develop and, and drummers do develop problems. I've been fortunate up to now to be, to be safe and um, I'm okay. I did have a very good teacher who um, taught me how to set up the drum set so it would work for my physique, how big I am, and I could get the maximum power out of the set. So, you know, it's one of those things you need to be shown how to do it really. It's not a case of taking them out of the box and just setting them up. There is a right way. And listen, you know, there are many people who play with everything too low and too high and are still playing today who don't have any problems. So it's all down to the individual anyway. I mean, some of us survive and some of us don't. Well, great advice, Carl. I get that. I hear you loud and clear. I always ask the drummer, what's the most important piece of the drum kit? And they said, the chair, the seat, and how far it is, as you said, that you don't have to, like, reach out, because it'll, you'll be going to a chiropractor every night, I would imagine. But great advice. Yeah. You don't want to, I mean, any stretching is not is not on the game. I mean, basically, uh, the, the one key thing, once you get the, the right height for the stool, and, and you know how high you'd like to sit is the next thing that's really important is to make sure that the drum set is, is set up exactly the same every night so the distances are always there once you've allocated the distance it needs to 
be in the same position every night, every night. And that way your playing will improve and you won't have to think how you move around. You'll automatically do it. There'll be a lot of muscle memory which takes place and the whole thing becomes a lot easier. And you can do it for longer and you can you can play better. You know, that's what it's all about. Right, and the consistency is there, like you said, every night. It's so very, it's, it's always important. there. You're a yeah. busy man, Carl. You got prog rock camp coming up down in Philly, which is really yeah. exciting. I see drum master classes, guitar and bass classes. Can you uh, share with the listeners all about that and how they can get down to Philly from New York? Yeah, well, so what's going on here is the 8th, 9th, and 10th. It's at the 2300 Arena in Philly. It's a three-day event. Basically, we've got people like Paul Bielitovich teaching guitar, Simon Fitzpatrick teaching the Chapman stick and bass. Um, Ron Fowle is down there doing some guitar work, along with Derek Shoney on the keyboards. There's also a vocal coach. I'm going to be taking a, a master class for snare drum, and then I'll do a drum clinic another day. Um, during that period of the three days, there is also a concert on the Saturday night of uh, the ELP Legacy playing and you know we'll have some guests come up and play with us I think Ron will come up and play and uh, sing and whatever with the band so that's going to be interesting there's also an ELP film uh, from Chile about 90 minutes which hasn't all been seen some of the clips did come out on YouTube but the actual uh, film in its entirety which is as I said an hour and a half approximately has never been seen we're going to show that there's going to be some business talks which we'll have with them and my manager here Bruce Polaris is going to have a chat about career moves and things all in all it'll be, um, be quite be quite interesting also a very good friend of mine David Frangioni will be there he's the um, he's the owner of uh, Modern Drummer magazine so he'll be talking to guys as well so it'll be a day of, of three days of learning concerts seeing some film and you know just getting you know to know each other and just talking about how we make our way through this this business that we're all in and you know and what's the best way to do it and, and, and just learning about technique and you know the whole thing it's trying to get as much in as much as possible out of the real good stuff you know? wow so if you're an inspiring artist this is something and you're over here in the New York Philly New Jersey area this is something you really want to I mean it's covering from A to Z and you're talking to the professionals that have done this which is outstanding Carl, you're having, you have such a large catalog of great ELP music to choose from besides the expected classic songs that we all love. How difficult is it to create an exciting set list for each show? Well, it's, I mean, obviously, you know, there's certain things, because the band was so well known, there's certain things which I, I can't always take out. I mean, right. people love to hear Welcome Back, and, and Paul Bielitovich is singing that now. So there's certain things like Knife Edge, you know, and Hoedown from the Rodeo Suite. So it's very, very difficult. The ones that we do rotate quite a lot are things like, do we play pictures at an exhibition by Mazorsky, or do we play Emerson, Lake, and Palmer's Tarkas tonight? So that's what we do. So I try and make sure that every tour we have one of those epic pieces in you know because obviously fans still want to hear all that stuff and I understand that completely 
Yeah, no, it was a great setup in Bethel Woods for the Royal Affairs Tour, and I imagine you're putting a, a great list of songs again for this tour. I want to switch gears. I, I know you're, you're, art, you're involved with art and art collection. Is this another way for you to create a, a, another creative outlet, something to do while you know, you're having fun, a great way to take a break from somewhat of your busy life that still has a sense of purpose and you're able to uh, you know, utilize this with your music career? Yeah, well, last last night we had an art event, and I don't know if you know, we, we, we have them in people's homes and things. Oh, nice. Because um, I've sold about 600 canvases over the last five, six years, and we always donate money to charity, different charities each time. But, but what, what happened to me many, many years ago was, when I was playing in the crazy world of Arthur Brown, I was always fascinated by strobe lights, uh, and the actual, the movement in strobe lights, what it did. And uh, I was thought, you know, wouldn't it be nice if the drumsticks had light bulbs built into them so you could play and whatever. Anyway, to be to be honest with you, they didn't, they never existed way back when. Um, so I used to tape, tape some light bulbs to drumsticks with a cable down to a battery on the floor, uh, and I used to mime playing the drums, and people, uh, this one guy took some pictures of me, and you could see all of these arcs of light and the crossover of light and various things that were going on. And this particular picture got printed in the local paper of my hometown, Birmingham. So as time goes on, um, I thought, well, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we had to do this for real with colour? But obviously you can't do that. It wasn't available then. But if you roll forward 40 years, now we have LED drumsticks with lights in the end. We have digital cameras and we have computers. So it seemed the right time to start doing it again. And I did. And I hooked up with a company in, um, uh, in Los Angeles called Scene 4. And we started talking, and they, they, they contacted, contacted me, actually, and uh, I said to them, I'd already done this many years ago. So <laughs> I went up into the loft and found this picture of 1973 and explained to them that I wasn't actually playing, but I was miming. But this is what happens when you move light around fast, you know, in a fast sort of manner. And uh, I, they showed me these sticks, and I said I tried them, but they weren't very good, these new LED sticks made in China. Uh, and they I said, no, well, these are brand new. We've just got these in the last year. It was about four or five years since I'd last tried them. Anyway, I tried these new sticks and they were indestructible, um, self-generating. You pick them up and they light up immediately. There's four colours. And I set myself up in a dark room, 12 foot square, with my drums. And I'll play various things, whether it be pictures and exhibition, Tarkas, Fanfare, Knife Edge, Lucky Man, whatever. And the guy with has got two handheld digi-cameras at different shutter speeds and we take shots at different angles we find an angle that works where we can capture the movement of light the shadows and reflections and then we work on it and maybe it will take five hours six seven hours and we'll get something which is quite remarkable and that's what i've been selling so that's been the art form that is great and, and all and then you got you're involved with charities the images combined emotion the color the lighting and uh what 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 an art visual so you 
can all the listeners can go and view Carl's art collection at www.carlpalmerart.com. That is pretty. That, that's great stuff, Carl. You know, we live in this visual world, and you seem to recognize the importance of that. By and I say that by posting updates to the fans using videos today. I mean, you're on there all the time. Is this something I don't want to say you enjoy doing, but you've you've really taken a grasp of the social media and realized the importance of it in today's world involving music, right, and getting your stuff out. Yeah, no, I, I listen. It is very, very important. It's incredibly time-consuming. So I'll be perfectly honest with you. I mean, I decide on what we should use, or I decide with my manager Bruce here what we should use, and I get it done. We, we have a we have a couple of people who, who take care of stuff for us, um, and I ask them, "Can you put this up? Will you put these on all the prog rock sites? Will you put this on Facebook?" And we get it done that way. It's a media that you can't ignore, but you know, it's as I say, because it's so time-consuming, I have to have other people help me do that because, uh, you know, I just want to look at what's got to be done and then I need somebody else to implement it for me. So that's what we do. It is very, very important. No, no, I get it. And it's a, it's a way, what a quick way to get the message out to everybody because everybody's on social media. Carl, is there anything on your bucket list, anything that you want to, you're still looking to accomplish, maybe write a soundtrack or I don't know if you've done an autobiography or anything of that nature yeah, yeah. Well, I, one of the things that I was really I really wanted to do was a, an autobiography and I did start way back in oh I think about 83 84 and uh, to tell you the truth that we just finished it I just wrote the forward I've done the forward myself as nice well. about uh, two weeks ago we just gathered all of the photos so it's actually all done that is great. That is awesome. To get a professional read on it. And I'm looking at releasing it next year in, um, the, for the 50th anniversary. It's going to be called Fanfare for the Common Man. And it's all done. It's ready. That is great news. And I, I think I'm losing you a little bit here. Okay. Uh, any, it's going to be released 2020. And it's completed. It's going to be called Fanfare for the Common Man. I love it. I'm, and I appreciate you sharing that with me and my audience. And I'm looking forward to uh, purchasing that and seeing you. Any last words, Carl, for the listeners and the fans out there? Sorry, I, I, I dropped out then, Pat. Sorry. Any, any last words for our great listeners and your great fans out there in the radio I world? Just, yeah, I'd just like to say to them all, listen, and then 2000, you know, 2020 is going to be a big year. I'm going to celebrate as much as I can in the, the music of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. And I, I just, uh, you know, would like to say to all the fans, thanks for the support over the years. And, is, is that next year, please keep your eye open on what's going to be appearing because I think everyone will be really impressed and it will be a great way of, uh, of rounding up this fantastic sort of career that I've had by celebrating the 50th anniversary with the latest technology and, and just keep moving it forward. So uh, next year is going to be a, a very important time. Well, that's great, but we still got this year to cover, and we can see Carl Palmer's ELP Legacy, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer lives on. The final leg, go to Carl's website, Carl Palmer website, and get all the dates. I'm going to come down and see you, Carl, at the Iridium on the 19th. I'm looking so forward to that to catch up to you and say hello. I hope you enjoyed the chat as much as I have, sir. 
Thanks very much, Pat. Much appreciated. Thank you for the interview. You got it. Carl Palmer, rock legend Carl Palmer on the WBXO Classic Rock Show. Go to carlpalmer.com. Go to carlpalmerart.com for his, for his art collection. He's on Facebook. He's on Instagram, Carl Palmer Official. He's on Twitter, ELP underscore Carl. We love this guy. We support this guy. Carl, safe travels, and thanks for your time again. Thank you. Take care. Okay, Carl, Carl Palmer on WBXO. We are classic rock, and we are redefined.